Kamu lagi mau mengembangkan podcast kamu, tapi bingung caranya bagaimana? Mulai dari sisi performance-nya, menentukan rate konten kamu, sampai bagaimana cara memonetisasinya? Nah, coba deh cek Podmetrics. Podmetrics adalah platform yang bisa membantu kamu untuk lebih mudah melihat performa konten podcastmu. Lalu melalui Podmetrics kamu juga bisa menentukan rate podcastmu melalui data yang tersedia. Serta bisa juga memonetisasi kontenmu dengan campaign-campaign dari brand yang cocok dengan podcastmu. Bahkan Podmetrics juga bisa membantumu untuk mendapatkan inspirasi dalam membuat iklan pada podcastmu dengan contoh iklan yang sudah tersedia. Gak ketinggalan juga, sekarang Podmetrics juga ada fitur Pod Earnings dengan berbagai metode pembayaran. Sehingga memudahkan kamu untuk mendapatkan penghasilan dari Podmetrics. Jadi kalau kamu seorang podcaster, pastikan kamu mendaftar Podmetrics dengan memakai Podmetrics referalku. Klik langsung aja pod link yang ada di deskripsi box dalam episode ini. Hi, welcome to my podcast Meditate with Samara. Today I am so so excited to be accompanied by a new friend, uh, Alice Bartholomius. And Alice here has just published this book in Indonesia called Main Untuk Menang. And we're really gonna talk a lot about this book and why Alice wrote this book, her story and her message to you. So saying, welcoming hi to Alice here. Hi, Alice, how are you? I'm fine, I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Where are you recording this from? Are you now? Somewhere in the Netherlands? I am in the Netherlands. I'm in the south of the Netherlands. And uh, if you hear a noise, it's uh, my two young cats playing around. <laughs> They are my new masters in play. That's <laughs> They tell me how you should play. And uh, so you hear a sound maybe. Yeah, of course. That's completely fine. Alice, can you please introduce us a little bit more about yourself? I'm really curious to understand your story. Yeah, well, I'm uh, um, uh, I'm I'm born in Holland, and I uh, uh, after my first uh, schools, I wanted to become a, um, I wanted to create things to do good in life, <laughs> and uh, so I I went to the school, uh, the Design Academy in Eindhoven, uh, to design uh, creative solutions. And I remember then that I thought like, and if I finish school, I'll go to Africa and I'll solve problems there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was very naive and I, I am still a bit naive. Um, but it was nice because I learned a lot about creativity and how to find solutions and problems. And uh, then I wanted to, to when I graduated, I actually I, my focus was very much on signage. I loved telling people where to go without telling people where to go hmm, okay. to help assist people and, and give guidance with the minimum uh, impact or the, just, just the, the optim, optimize uh, people to find their roots hmm. and make them uh, autonomous. And then uh, there was not much work in signage at that time. So I started doing graphic design and then there was the, the internet coming. I'm, I'm that old that I, I was sort of there when the internet started. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I, as, a, as a, a, like a functional and graphic designer, I was invited for web design. And then there was one client in 99, uh, educational client. We made their website 
And they asked us, can you engage our audience a bit more with the content we try to, to bring? And it was to children. And then we said, what if we make them play the content? Hmm. And so that was the first game that uh, we created. And since then, uh, I have been involved in finding how, how can we engage someone with a topic uh, and, and use play for that reason. Right. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing. And the first time I really saw play in a different way, especially like bringing it to our life, is from reading your book, Mine Untuk Menang. Can you please share a little bit why you wrote this book and uh, why is it called? So this in translation is Playing to Win. Play to Win. Play yeah. to Win. Yeah. So it's 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 like profit and merit and what is there to gain? And actually, the Dutch book is um, uh, Spill het Spel. It is play the game. Mm. Uh, so, but it's sort of uh, and the subtitle is Gamification as Motor for Change. Ah, and okay. the English book is the first one I wrote. So it's all translations. And the first one is Apply Play. Mm-hmm. And it is about how can you use play for uh, other purposes than only entertainment or. Uh, uh, to be, to be, yeah, to, to enjoy yourself, and uh, because I learned in all these years that uh, there, there's, there are very strong and magical uh, motivational aspects inside play, mm. and it's actually very easy. Uh, as as I say, my cats are playing around and jumping around. Uh, they they are playing and fighting each other to learn how to uh, how to be uh, how to become an adult and be able to hunt for their own food. So play is very much an innate desire we have. And it's very much about learning. And they are at the maximum of uh, playing now, <laughs> running like this. <laughs> it sounds like a very exciting time for them. Yeah, it is. But and but play in general is... Uh, we, we should not overlook and think that play is just for children. Because it is it is about learning, but it's also about wanting to learn and being motivated to learn. And I think that we humans are always trying to understand our world around us. Um, and if we use a playful way, we have always alternatives and more, more ways to learn more and to become more understanding of, of the world. And then we can see that because also role play sounds very simple, but role play, a game invites you to role play sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then you can also find out different perspectives on life. And you can understand that there is a variety and a diversity and people look at things differently. And I think that would really um, help all of us to to have a better society even. Yeah, when you see things around you as something that you want to learn about more, you gain more understanding and joy in the process. And what you said was so interesting earlier about um, play is not only for children, because sometimes as we get older, we might forget that part of us that just wants to have time to have fun. Nowadays, a lot of people are doing their work, stressing about work and not making enough time for play. So what's your view on this? I'm, I'm curious, how, how should we play more? Yeah, we, we should really not see uh, play as uh, only entertainment, but we should integrate play with, with work, um, make your work playful, make your chores playful. And even uh, I know that the, the, the children don't, don't want to clean the, the box of my cats. So they say like, we like your cats, but we don't want to clean the box, the litter, the, the yeah. toilet. 
and uh, and I it's it's not a nice chore, but I still it it has to happen because the the cats are inside because of their age, and then I make it uh, like um, like as if you're uh, looking for gold. So you're 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 use this shovel and then you shake and then what comes out is gold. Well, it's not gold. <laughs> yeah. But I, I try to 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 use my imagination to motivate me for those things that that uh, I, I don't want to do, uh, and then it it makes it more fun and it makes it more easy to do it next time again and again. So you can change your habit if if you find a way to look at it in a different way. So it's not only about I want to play in my leisure time, in my free time to enjoy. But uh, use play also for those hard tasks to make them more fun. Right. Thanks, Alice, for sharing. Even I had an excitement to clean my kitty's litter. I never do it myself, but now I'm looking at it in a different way. And that's amazing just how we use our own imagination, shift the perspective and actually helps us with our goals. And if I can share what I really like about your book is that you have a lot of these games um, or a way to ask the reader to see their world in a different way. And initially for me, it was like, huh, I never thought about just something mundane in my life. Like, for example, uh, exercising is something that I can do in a playful manner. And you really opened my eyes through this process. So can you share with us like when there are these challenges? Um, what was your expectation for the readers to experience? Yeah, I, because I felt very much when I was writing the book, I, I also thought it was strange. I wanted to design a game in which you learn about making games. That was oh. my first idea. Okay. And then I was talking to other people about it and uh, and then they were really telling me like, but why and what do you mean and what do you... And I was talking to them and they said, but your experience is interesting. When you start talking, that's interesting. So why don't you share your story about why, how you use games and why, why would we use games? And then I ended up writing a book and I thought, but I'm an interaction designer and I want to facilitate interaction. I want to engage people. I want to have them to have their dialogue about play and games, not me telling them how to do it. So then this is this was my, uh, how do you say, my negotiation to make a book, me writing, you reading, but inviting you to do and practice it yourself. Because I do think that telling me telling you what to do does not work. That doesn't trigger motivation or intrinsic motivation. So if I can manage people to, 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 take, to take a pen and write in the book mm-hmm. and uh, start doing it, that, that was my ambition because I really feel that I, no one can tell you how to play. It has to be a voluntary effort to take the step to start playing. And someone can invite you to take that step. I am trying to invite you, but it's your call to start playing. And that's, I think, very important in design in general, but in, in many ways where I see we cannot, I cannot make anyone play. It's, I can invite them, but it's their role to start. It's their task or their uh, desire to start playing. And that, that's the magic of play, I think. Yeah, that is so true. Thank you so much, Ellis, for sharing. Because I am also thinking about my process of reading your book. I had to revisit probably more playful parts of my younger life, which initially before reading your book, I just kind of separated 
from what I'm doing now. And now I can integrate it in my uh, daily life, um, especially I, I really enjoy that you have these um, checkpoints, like where, <laughs> yeah. where you are. Yeah, for example, you're, this is where you start. And then when you're done, you also have like this, I'm done or you get a bonus and it's really rewarding just to like tick it off. So uh, it's very, very exciting. Um, you touched on something that I'm also curious uh, that I think would also help a lot of people who are listening. So sometimes we know what's good for us, right? So we know that, for example, eating your greens, um, exercising, walking out, what else? Meditating, um, resting, good quality of sleep is good for you. It's good for your health, yeah. good for your stress. Um, but we seem to not apply these knowledges. Like there's just, okay, I know it, but I have instant gratification to just, you know, be lazy and do whatever is nicest at the moment. How can we practically um, use play in order to have fun during this process that makes us feel like, oh, I don't want to do it. Do you have yeah. any thoughts on that, Alice? Yeah, you, you have a very correct way of putting it. it, it it's um, the instant gratification. So the short term, what is the most narrow to me, um, uh, that, that I will I will uh, take it as, as easy as possible because people are lazy. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> I'm lazy. <laughs> yeah, and but we know in the long term, we want to age old, but we don't want to do the effort at this moment to age old. And uh, so, so this this is very well, very wide apart. Too much for my screen. So this is now, and this is getting old. And we don't want to be bothered with that. Yeah. But then again, um, so we have to find ways to make sure that the gratification is very close nearby. So that's why I, I like to re find reward systems that work. But it's very interesting because every person has a different reward um, uh, uh, thing that triggers. And it also, some, some of the triggers uh, wear off. So you have to find ways to change new ones, make bigger ones, make smaller ones. So, so for every individual, you have to find your own way, what motivates me. And you have to see it as a challenge. How can I uh, keep motivating myself? Uh, what, what works for me? For instance, I have a Fitbit and I have many friends around me have a Fitbit. And everyone uses it in a different way. Some people look at it daily, some people look at it weekly, some uh, like every hour. And, and everyone, uh, so you have to have a diverse, diverse way of uh, gratification. And, um, and for instance, I also tried it on my mom. She was uh, aging uh, towards eight, this was years ago. The, the, one of the early versions of, uh, uh, of these uh, devices. And she uh, was either tired or she was doing too much and then she hurt her back. And then she couldn't do anything, and then she wasn't doing doing anything. So it was it, so she had no balance. So I gave her that thing, and uh, she was calling me and saying like, "Oh, I did this, but I know that I did too much. So I took a rest and I made breaks." So she was learning to managing her energy level. But then one day I, I arrived in her house, and that thing was on her uh, table. I said, "Mom, you're not wearing it today." And then she said, "No, I deserve the break." <laughs> So, so she was managing her energy, but she was also managing her loyalty and uh, because she didn't want to make it her ball and chain. Mm. So it was really, um, so I thought she was very mature in learning how to use the motivational aspects and how to not use them. Yeah. 
And that's a very thin line. And that's also why I say I cannot, I can uh, facilitate uh, many ways, like I did in the book. Mm-hmm. I facilitate many ways to to find your gratification inside the book, and you can turf and you can do, or you don't do it. But even not doing it you still uh, see it and you still uh, take it for granted that you are progressing in the book. And that's also why I like books, tangible books, more than uh, digital books uh, in e-readers because I, I still like to feel when I'm reaching the end or I, I even I like flipping the page yeah. because it's like ticking. Uh, it's, it's a rewarding like I did a, I did a full page and I'm going for the next. And all these things are very often overlooked. But then again, many people uh, have a different uh, perception of that. So, so, so we have to find out what, what is rewarding for you. Same as a com- uh, competition. Mm-hmm. Someone wants to finish the book first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, but some people don't like competition at all. And that's, so all these gratification elements, you have to find your own but use the, the, the systems that are available um, around you. Yeah, that's so true. Thank you, Alice. It made me realize that um, like what we do and why we do things is because we either get a reward or a pain is um, reduced, right? So I'm just thinking of how often I check my social media and I guess that's the reward is maybe the likes and the comments and whatnot, but probably seeing how um, you feel good after a workout because I don't know I never feel um, at least for my my part I don't feel that I regret a workout but I always feel lazy before doing it but after I feel a workout yeah I feel good so probably this can um, spark some inspiration to the listeners to find what feels good for you and and use that as a reward too play yeah. and and do the things that is good for you but you're too lazy to do <laughs> yeah yeah and it's good you can uh, sort of amplify the feeling good that yeah. after uh, after you finished your practice your exercise and you feel good you have to uh, put an anchor in your mind and and blow it up and say like i really feel good i i desire to feel this again uh, so then you are lowering the threshold a little bit next time you want to start exercise because you have you 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 make make that uh, that feeling uh, as a as a desire uh, to to get back to. That's a great insight. I'm going to start doing it after this call. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so so important. Also, manipulating not manipulating, but also like cognitively, we're also thinking that this is important. We're anchoring it, and that I guess increases your chance of doing the healthy things for you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's it's like reinforcing, yeah, and reinforcing the positive because I'm I must say, my innate nature is sort of uh, I am I'm prone to uh, reinforce my negative thoughts, mm. and I really uh, that that's why I I need meditation, I need mindfulness, I need practice to uh, to sort of, I don't want to say it in a negative way, but brainwash or overshout my negative uh, nature because uh, uh, that's a pitfall. Mm. Yeah. And I'm now curious a little bit. uh, Now you shared that you've meditated. Is there a way we can be playful while meditating? Because 
Um, as I'm sharing more about meditation, a lot of people feel that meditation is such a serious practice that you need to sit down, you need to be still, not think. Is there a way that we can be playful with our meditations and mindfulness practice, Ellis? Yeah, I, I think what is very important is that some some of the the teachers in meditation and and like I think the Dalai Lama also says it um, uh, have a joke at yourself. Don't be too serious. And I always like to uh, to see it as uh, I have these two two little uh, characters, the two little me's on yeah. my shoulder. So this is <laughs> devil me, like uh, and the monk the monkey mind is it? Yeah. And the calm one, and that's uh, that's telling me like uh, uh, it's always uh, giving me shoulder rubs, like telling me like it's okay, it's okay, it's all fine. And this is the happy one, and this is the angry one. So they, and then sometimes they're talking in my ears like that, and uh, it's like ah. But sometimes I can I can do this, and I can make them talk to each other, and I can uh, step out. And it's a, it's very interesting to use imagination because it's all my head. <laughs> yeah. But I make it uh, a little bit more tangible. Yeah. And I try to exaggerate. Like the one that uh, if I'm starting to meditate and this one is telling me like, uh, don't forget to do the shopping list uh, for this. Uh, add this to your shopping list. And it's like, that's not meditation. And then this one tells me like, that's also meditation. That's just your training. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I, I will. I will share that to more people. But anyway, everyone who is listening here, make note of that. That really meditation. You're not supposed to have no thoughts. It's so normal to have plans coming in your thoughts, and you remember something super random, and then you you can just observe it, and you don't have to go like, okay, this meditation is not working. I will quit right now. No, that's yeah. actually your training ground, as as your calm, compassionate version is, is is saying. So, thank you for enlightening us with that very imaginative way of practicing and being healthy. Really, really enjoyed it. Thank yeah. you, Ellis. And one thing is also very important that's overlooked, but uh, every practice is valuable. So, so I try to see like like you're collecting these marbles, and every practice is one. So you don't have to have a good one. Mm. You already have done practice. So that's that's a score. That's a bonus. So that also lowers your threshold. Like you don't have to do it good. You don't have to do it proper or well. But every every attempt, every effort is one. So that you can put in your uh, jewelry box or your... Yeah. I love that. It's like you just you show up. That's that's winning right there. You just show up yeah. to your practice. You do it. Whatever the outcome, that's a one. Yeah. Ten points for being there. <laughs> oh my god! I love having points as well. I think that would make everything so fun. It's like game when you do something and then you get okay. I got ten points. <laughs> yeah, it makes it very fun. Thank you, Alice, for sharing your light, writing this book. I wonder if you have um, last messages for our listeners today about your book and where they can find it or anything yeah um i actually i um uh, that's a good question i don't the, the indonesian version is is for sale on online and in stores i think 
The English version, uh, you have to mail me. I'm very sorry for that <laughs> because uh, there was a mix up and uh, so it, it's it's not really very uh, available. And the Dutch version is also uh, in many bookstores available. And soon there will be a Persian version as well. And uh, please look at my website and get in touch with me if you have any questions about how to play. But I would prefer to to dare every uh, listener and say like, come on and give me a challenge. Uh, can can we make this playful, yes or no? Bring it on. Uh, we'll have a dialogue about that. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Alice. All of Alice's um, links to her website, probably email and LinkedIn, everything that you need will be on the description. So you can just go down there and also just, just click, check out Alice's other work. Um, and yeah, I wonder, Alice, if you have a tip or a dare for the listeners in the next five minutes how can they play the game play to win and just game on yeah well the, the most easy tip to to happify and gamify yourself is uh, i dare you to 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 think of three things you were happy about yesterday and do that every night before you fall asleep I guarantee you, it it will help you uh, become uh, more happy. <gasps> Things to be grateful. Perfect. I, me and Oda Wempi also created this journal, the Be Grateful one. So that I, is so in line. Yes, right. Three things that you are happy for the day, the yesterday before you sleep. Definitely, your few of your life no longer is mundane and then you also play to win and i think it's going to be great um to increase your quality of life and that's all what we want to share in the meditate with samara podcast ellis thank you so much for making the time sharing your thoughts and writing this book you're really changing my life and my perspective and i hope this amplifies to more listeners out there Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, I'm very grateful for this talk. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Meditate with Samara podcast. If you are feeling excited, interested, you're doing the dare, give this, wherever you're listening to, um, a like, a follow, or share it. Use 10 seconds to share it to someone who you think might be interested in listening. And if you want to buy the book, uh, the Indonesian version, I will also have the link on the description. So that will um, go to the checkout point. So stay safe, take care and game on. Namaste. Pandangan dan opini yang disampaikan oleh kreator podcast, host dan tamu tidak mencerminkan kebijakan resmi dan bagian dari Podcast Network Asia. Setiap konten yang disampaikan mereka di dalam podcast adalah opini mereka sendiri dan tidak bermaksud untuk merugikan agama, grup etnik, perkumpulan, organisasi, perusahaan, perorangan, atau siapapun dan apapun.